This is the Game Day on Rocky Top Podcast, episode 169. I'm Joel Hollingsworth, and I'm here with Will Shelton. Will, the uh, the Vols led Georgia 21-17 at the half on Saturday. They uh, looked pretty good doing it, playing mostly mistake-free football, hitting a couple of big plays, stopping the Bulldogs in a couple of key fourth downs. They had an awesome goal line stand in the half. And then, you know, to use the old joke, the front fell off. Remember that old joke off of YouTube, the front fell off? Because, you know, the, the front is not supposed to fall off, but the front fell off. Right. Uh, right. So Tennessee turned the ball over three times. Uh, I think that was all in the second half, right? No turnovers. Yep. All of them, I think, in my opinion, a result of just incredible, relentless pressure by a phenomenal Georgia defense. I mean, they all came at the guy – you know, with his hands on the wheel. Um, but, you know, he was getting attacked. Um, so, anyway, I know you wrote the post game. Um, do you want to uh, add anything to that uh, quick and dirty recap there? No, I, I mean, I think that at the end of the year, the talking point on this game you would hope for Tennessee is – that Georgia defense, one of the best defenses we've ever seen. You hope that's still true at the end of the year. Statistically, it's got a chance to be true. If you look at things like SP+, Plus, uh, their their defense actually went down a little bit in SP+, because Tennessee was – Josh Palmer able to, to make those two big plays. Yeah, um, and I'm sure we get credit for the seven additional ones, too. I mean, scored 21 points on them. I know they gave us seven, but still. Yeah, so I think that um, last week, I know Bill Connolly tweeted out that their their uh, SP plus defensive rating before they played Tennessee would have been among the 10 best in the last 30 years. Wow. Yeah. Um, always like to point out that Tennessee's 2008 defense is on that list. Uh, that's the claw fence defense. Uh, just to, to give one to be consistent with my, my uh, feelings on Dave Clawson throughout however many years I've been doing this and two to say, you know, look at what was wasted there. Yeah. But um, yeah, like that before they played Tennessee, they were one of the 10 best defenses SP plus wise in the last 30 years. They're just outside that group. Now I think 6.9 is the 10th team on that list. And they're at like 7.1. That means they give up, a touchdown to an average football team, that's it. Yeah. So, yeah, Tennessee got 21. So, uh, yeah, I think – and um, it's it's strange now because they're getting ready to play Alabama, who has the best offense in college football. So, that's fun to watch, but it may also skew some of our thinking depends on what – depending on what happens in that game. So, if you're Tennessee, I think you have to hope at the end of the year that we say, well, that was a phenomenal defense – and I think if you go back, go back to 2016, last time Tennessee had a, had a good team, that Alabama team in 2016 was, was significantly better than Tennessee and going to beat Tennessee frequently if they played a, a hundred times. And getting blown out by that Alabama team was not the reason Butch Jones got fired or, or was getting ready to get fired the next year or anything like that. I think everybody watching that game understood yeah, okay, we're, we're good and we're better than we've been in X number of years, but this Alabama team is still better than us. And I think everybody watching that Georgia game, at the end, you've, especially defensively, we're good, we're better than we've been, uh, and, and had some chances. Uh, 
should have been up by more, I think, at halftime without all the penalties and, and getting kind of walking Georgia down the field on one of their touchdown drives with all those penalties. So, uh, but I don't think th this Tennessee team uh, is not going to score a lot of points on that Georgia team. So I don't, I think Tennessee, all of our goals and all the progress we want, all that stuff can still be out there. And you just look at it and say, I hope at the end of the year, we say those guys are really good. And uh, our, our defense, uh, if we can talk about this more once we get past talking about the Georgia game specifically, but uh, Tennessee's defense statistically is now the second best defense in the SEC because everybody else <laughs> has been kind of Swiss cheesed uh, yeah. at this point in time. So that, that can be a real strength for Tennessee uh, going forward. Um, but yeah, I, I think Georgia is better than us. Uh, and when we turn it over three times in the second half like that, they're 23 points better than us. Uh, and, and could have been Tennessee should have done more in the first half Georgia certainly could have done more at a number of points and didn't. Uh, some of that credit goes to Tennessee's defense. So I hope the big picture with that is, wow, great defense. We're not ready to do what we have to do to score enough points to win against that defense. Um, but plenty, plenty of progress, uh, plenty of good days, I think, still left out there for this Tennessee team. Yeah, that, so there were a whole host of things that just didn't go right in that uh, second half. Um, but what, what do you think tops the list? I mean, other than the fact that their defense is just too hard to score on. But what, basically, what, what, what was most disappointing to you, do you think? Pass protection. Uh, and and I, Garantano is in that conversation. Uh, the, the first fumble, he's got to get rid of that ball sooner. He's got to feel pressure. Now, you know, when you go back and watch the, the Josh Palmer touchdown, uh, the second one, Garantano stands in there a long time on that throw. Uh, he That's really – so maybe there was some false confidence that got developed because he stood in the pocket a long time. It was, a, I think, a 36-yard touchdown pass. So Palmer had to go a little bit to get downfield. Um, so they did it well, at least on that play. Uh, they blocked it really well. But the the total breakdown in pass protection in the second half, whether it's – Garantano holding it too long. Running backs, I mean, F minus, 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 minus in pass protection. And the offensive line that I think rightfully we believed was going to be so good, um, it was not Georgia's defense good uh, yeah. at all. And again, that's okay. Like, we, there's still plenty of progress out there for this Tennessee team that can come on the back of that offensive line, just not ready. I don't, I don't know if it's just the talent issue. You would hope not because we got plenty of talent on that line. Uh, it's not like you want to say, well, we need better players on the offensive line. We need more stars on the offensive line. Yeah, you uh, could only you get know. one more. <laughs> right, right. Maybe the Cade Mays stuff. It's an odd moment for Cade Mays to be in, I'm sure. Maybe they're a little too hyped up. Um, uh, Gary Danielson made the comment uh, right before the game started about it. it looked like Tennessee was scrimmaging in the warmups. And there's a part of me that always really likes that. You know, it's, it's tough. Let's get out there and hit whatever. But there's also some – these guys haven't been in a game like this. Yeah. And uh, you can't act like you've been there before if you haven't been there before. I said this on a radio Friday, and you have to play the schedule you're given. But Tennessee, it's, it's really like we skipped a step. Um, 
to, to go through all those wins and get eight in a row against the kind of teams we played, really the next step for Tennessee was Auburn or Texas A&M. Uh, and instead we got Georgia at Georgia. So originally we would have had the Gators, which would have been a different kind of top five problem. So um, regardless of what Tennessee does against Alabama, Tennessee, I think the success and failure of this season is going to be based on can they continue to beat Kentucky, Arkansas, et cetera. But what what do they do against Auburn and Texas A&M? What kind of – what can they put on the table for that Florida season finale? even if it can't be the SEC East, because if Georgia beats Bama, then I'm not sure who's beating those guys. Uh, but what what can – if if Tennessee beats Auburn and beats Texas A&M and can put an 8-2 and two finish on the table uh, against the Gators, even if they don't get it, there's still plenty out there for Tennessee. It just We just skipped a step kind of in the schedule. Didn't get a chance to play Oklahoma, uh, which is is really frustrating now, you know, to watch those guys. So, uh, but that's it's you know it's pandemic. Everybody's got different problems. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, for me, the uh, uh, the the biggest uh, disappointment was the offensive line. It wasn't just pass protection either. It was run blocking. We had we finished the game with minus one rushing yard. You know, you know, it's got sacks and stuff in there, of course, but still, I mean. And again, this isn't this isn't just Georgia's defense. This is this is a five-star filled offensive line that you would expect to maybe not be as good as an elite Georgia defense, um, but you expected them to be better than that. I think, uh, at least I did. Um, and so I just wonder, you know, I mean, so you got Georgia recruiting like crazy for four years in a row now. Uh, is it four years, three years? I don't know how long it's been there. It seems like forever now already. But um, they're recruiting like crazy. They're, they're doing great. Um, they play exceptionally well. They're coached well. But then on top of that, they have all these exotic things that they do that you just don't see. You know, just the little things like, okay, all of a sudden, all of our defensive linemen are synchronized swimmers. You know, they all hop over at the same time. I don't even know how they coordinate that. I don't know how they do it at exactly the same time, but they change the gaps um, completely on the offensive linemen. Uh, so, you know, and then, you know, they also trigger um, what three false starts uh, for us. Um, and then just the, the alignments looked funky. A lot of the time, you know, you got three guys standing up over here on the, on the other side of the line, you got blitzes coming from, uh, every direction and it's always different on every play um they're just really really good um but you know you kind of wish that our guys would have done a little bit better but maybe 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 we'll get there i I think the particular frustration this year too is uh george he played great yesterday they beat us by 23 but george is not always going to have stetson bennett playing quarterback either yeah, uh, you had a shot at him this year without an elite quarterback. Yeah, in, who's making his second start, and you know, it wasn't his fault, but saw the snap go ten miles over his head on the second play of the game. Yeah, so uh, it hurts to not take advantage of that particular situation, which is not going to happen if those guys continue to recruit the way they recruit. You're not going to get a lot of Stetson Bennett's 
uh, lining up for Georgia for the foreseeable future. So that hurts. Um, but again, I just think, I think they're, uh, they're very well coached, especially defensively. They got athletes everywhere uh, that, that can come at you. And then Tennessee, again, all, all parts of it. The line didn't do a good job. The backs didn't do a good job picking it up. And Garantano didn't do a good job feeling pressure or making a good decision at all on that interception that he threw uh, when faced with pressure. So um, just they're better than us uh, right now. And when we turn it over three times, they're a lot better than us. And uh, that's, that's okay. Um, it, it just, uh, you know, hope, hopefully Tennessee's still able to make progress in the, in the plenty of other chances they have to do it later this year. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, the, the other thing about missed opportunities, it wasn't just Stetson Bennett either. It was uh, a mostly new offensive line and, and I know they're talented guys, but they didn't have a lot of experience. Even the, and the guy who had the most experience is the guy who gave us seven points. Um, and then, uh, new offensive coordinator. Uh, so yeah, there were, there was, I, I really, you know, I, I spent most of the summer talking about how I thought Georgia was going to have real problems on offense. And, uh, looks like I was wrong. So <laughs> at least let's hope. Well, and again, like the context of that, I looked up some of this earlier. Um, when we say Georgia has the best defense in college football, Again, SP plus Georgia's SP plus defensive rating is 7.1. They give up a touchdown a game to an average offense. The number two team in the country is Ohio State, who hasn't played a game yet. They're at 14. Yeah. So that's saying Georgia's defense is a touchdown better than the second best defense in college football. These guys are really good. Now, again, if Bama comes out there and and shreds them, uh, then well, we got to play them the week after that. So great, but. Uh, you know, hopefully that's um, that, that's just what it felt like to me. It felt like as that thing went on, it felt like that 2016 Alabama game where I think Tennessee, I think we were only down 11 at halftime. And I know we were winning at halftime in this game, but that 2016 Bama game, we got a fumble late in the – Jalen Hurts maybe fumbled late in the first half and we got three. We were down like 14 to three. But I just remember at halftime feeling so defeated because – Tennessee, even with Dobbs and Kamara and all those guys, we could not move the ball on them, period, at all. And that was the same thing that happened. Credit Josh Palmer for, for two really great catches. But other than that, uh, I mean, at one point, it, Tennessee, like 40% of Tennessee's yards came on those two plays. Uh, <laughs> well, if you take away the last drive, which is garbage time, then, I mean, yeah, like that's just, that's just what it was. So, um, yeah, well, that's what we'll, out. If, if they lose if they lose to Bama and Tennessee beats Kentucky, then we can we can still um, entertain ourselves with the SEC. It's because Georgia's still got to play Florida too. Yep. But if they beat Bama, um, then I'm just not sure. And they stay healthy. I, I'm just not sure where it is on the schedule. Their defense is too good, and defense is that defense is way more reliable than a lot of the other moving pieces that we're seeing from, from teams that are trying to be good uh, in the SEC. I would trust Georgia's defense way more than Stetson. I, I, I trust Stetson Bennett and Georgia's defense way more than I trust Kyle Trask and Florida's defense. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, Kellen Mond and Texas A&M's defense uh, or, or whatever. So 
Um, it's it just seems so trustworthy uh, yeah. what they're what they're doing and just how much better they were. All right. So is, is it impossible to see a silver lining when you when you get uh, just exposed by a team that's better than you, or or is there a silver lining? Josh Palmer, I, I guess. Looked. Well, yeah, Palmer, uh, again, it's early, it's three games, but um, I looked at this too, and I'm not sure if I'm going to have time to write about it, so I can talk about it here. Uh, Palmer right now is averaging uh, a little less than five catches per game for around 75 yards per game. If he does that all year, that's more – both of those numbers, catches per game and yards per game, would be the best at Tennessee since Justin Hunter in 2012. Wow. So, like, can he be a number one receiver – yeah, <laughs> like check. Got yeah. that one right. He's he's good. He's he's going to play in the NFL. That guy's doing a good job. Uh, the other thing for me, again, uh, how good is Tennessee's defense really? Because I, the things that we want to nitpick uh, about the game yesterday, some of it's just flat out fatigue. You got these guys are on the field way too much because we can't move the chains. Um, and, and for, for all of the sort of frustration and, and boohooing from losing a game like this, I forgot till I was going back and watching some of it. You know, in the last minute of the third quarter, we got Georgia at third and seven and hoping to make them kick a field goal again to still leave it a one-possession game. You had a mental bust on that play that gives up a touchdown, and now you're down two possessions. But that a mental bust can be fixed. So we wondered this at the start of the year, and I think it's still worth wondering – Again, Tennessee's got the second best defense in the league right now, at least statistically. And you can say Tennessee hasn't played a great offense. They did play Georgia with Stetson Bennett. But look at Mizzou. You know, that those guys, uh, I know LSU's got some problems, but, I mean, Bayslake went up and down the field on those guys all day. So not going to see a good offense Saturday, but then we're going to see the best offense in college football after that. So, again, we'll, we'll hold, hold your applause. Um, but I think the silver lining is Tennessee's defense when not being asked to play almost 80 plays against a bunch of four and five stars, regardless of who's playing quarterback, Tennessee's defense might be really good. Like going to win us some games. Good. I don't know what they're going to do against Alabama and I'm not sure what they're going to do against Kyle Trask, but, uh, against Auburn against A&M, uh, I, I like, our chances just as much now as I did before Texas A&M went out and scored a bunch of points on Florida's defense. I think Tennessee's defense might really be good. Yeah. And we just didn't see it because, because we're hurt because we had a lead at halftime in part because those guys made that goal line stand. And it just, it, it hurts because I wrote this, George, we were wearing out the underdog playbook, right? Yeah. Making them kick field goals, defensive touchdown, Turned them away on fourth and goal. It's it's the kind of thing where the Georgia version of you and I is thinking in their head, George. You know, you can't see me on the podcast, but you know, typing Georgia. We had our chances, and we we can't do those things and win games. And Tennessee can't turn it over three times. But that that's the biggest silver lining to me. Tennessee's defense might be really, really good. Yeah, like really, really, really good. Um, that's. You, I mean, you tell me, what's, what was your silver lining? What, what was your biggest kind of positive takeaway? I just thought there were, you know, some moments. Uh, the, the passing game with uh, Josh Palmer looked uh, okay. Um, you know, the, I can't really point to any specific thing, but I am encouraged. Um, last year, 
I added something to the uh, Statsy preview machine where it wasn't just looking at uh, points given up and, you know, and, and uh, points scored, but it was, okay, the, these other teams, what do they usually do? And then how do we usually do in, com in comparison to what they usually do? So if they suppose Georgia, they allowed going into that game, they allowed eight points um, per game. That was their average. Um, we scored 21, even if you count it 14, because seven was uh, on, by the defense. That's, you know, that's almost double what that team usually gives up. And that's good, even though it didn't win the game. And then the, there's some encouraging things on the other side of the ball as well, where um, whatever the offense uh, usually scores, uh, do we hold them to a little bit less? And we didn't do that with Georgia yesterday, but I think generally speaking with the teams that we're playing, we are doing that. So I think our defense is generally um, – a tough out for opponents. I think our offense is a tough out for opponents. And I think those two things together are going to pay dividends. It's just that we're not quite there against the elite teams just yet. So that's what I'd say. I think that's right. And I, I think that you, you want to lean on things that you thought were true before you saw that game. So we're not rewriting the whole thing based on what we did at number three, Georgia. Yep. And I, I think that's a line that we in the midst of that eight game winning streak said a lot about Tennessee solid, not spectacular, but first of all, we haven't been solid in quite some time. So yeah, solid comes first. <laughs> right. And, and solid, solid. If everyone's mind is in the right place, solid handles this Kentucky team on Saturday, solid, uh, big fan. You go back in the, back in the archives, big fan of the Arkansas hires at, at coach oh. and coordinator. I think Arkansas is in a great spot. Yep. Solid goes to Arkansas and takes care of that business. Solid takes care of Vanderbilt. Like th those are all things that Tennessee now should do with the personnel they have, unless you get weirdness. Um, again, this is why I like SP plus and, and Ken Pomeroy's ratings in basketball is that they can help you not make a win, not make too much out of a win and not make too much out of a loss. Tennessee is pretty much exactly where they were in SP plus today as they were last week overall defense is a little higher offense is a little lower but to, i think sp plus same as vegas had georgia as a 13 point favorite and i guarantee you that if vegas knew tennessee was going to turn it over three times in their own territory georgia by 23 sounds about right so yep. i i think uh the the thing again most of what we thought was there with tennessee was there just not the ceiling on the offensive line and that's disappointing uh, and it's especially disappointing because of the Cade Mays thing and, and all that. That that's that's disappointing most of all for those guys. I'm sure the good news for those guys is we got seven games left in this thing and lots of big ones coming up. Tennessee dropped four spots in the AP poll. Four spots. We're still 18th, which is higher than we've been ranked in any year since 2007, other than 2016. So this this is still plenty plenty of good opportunity on the horizon to get the feel goods and all that stuff. Um, just, just got to start with, with solid Saturday against the Kentucky team. But again, I'll say good luck to the Statsy preview machine. Yeah. Um, Kentucky got six interceptions. I know, <laughs> but they scored two offensive touchdowns more or less really one offensive touchdown against Mississippi state. 
So, <laughs> you know, there's a part of me, of course, that would love to just bust this team and blow them out. And maybe that'll happen. But I, I'll, I mean, Tennessee is a small favorite. Uh, so any, any win is good this year, but uh, solid if in the right mind frame handles this business uh, on Saturday. And, and then we keep moving forward from there. You get another big shot opportunity against Bama after that. And then you get a breath. And as long as Tennessee beats Kentucky, really no matter what happens against Alabama, unless Tennessee wins, um, it, it, any kind of loss against Alabama, I think will still allow us to go into the bye week and take a breath and say, all right, the story of this team is getting ready to get written uh, here in, in this last half of the season. And a really good story is still out there on the table. So I'm telling you, so, Somebody in this league is going to the Citrus Bowl. Somebody is. And it's not going to be Georgia, and it's not going to be Alabama. And I don't think it's going to be Florida. I think I think in the New Year's Six, I think there's a good chance that Georgia, the three SEC teams are going to go, especially if two of them are in the playoff. So somebody in this league is going to Orlando. I would love to go to Orlando. I would love to walk around Disney World with my mask on. Like, that that would be terrific, you know? So, I would love to go back to Tampa. We hadn't been there in five years. So, nope. someone in this league is going to those places. And in a, in a year where it's hard to compare it because we're playing a 10-game SEC schedule, the bowls are really helpful. The polls are, are really helpful. It sounded like – I am a preacher. That sounded like it was <laughs> a sermon the way I read it. Another one. That stuff is out there. That that stuff is really out there. And you don't have to beat Alabama to do it. So, um, I, you know, there's there's plenty of good still out there for this team. Uh, if if they're mentally still where they're at in, in a good place, and if the defense is as good as, as I think they are, uh, then there, there's plenty of good this year. There's plenty of good still out there for this team this year. Yeah. So you, uh, you, you wish the uh, Statsy preview machine good luck against Kentucky. Um, it, I have run the numbers on that. I'm going to save it for a little bit later when we uh, talk about Kentucky. But um, it, I will point out that it, uh, it, it gave Georgia 17 points. So it was a little bit more than, uh, than, than Vegas. But um, it, uh, you know, I overruled it because I was feeling a lot better and I thought it was only going to be four. So I got, you know, full disclosure here. Right. Um, so let's, let's talk about uh, the win totals. Um, have you, have you done your expected win total thing yet? I have, I did it. I haven't put it in the machine, but I just kind of did it. I didn't really do it on scratch paper, but I did it on scratch paper essentially uh, earlier today. Yeah. Okay. So let's just walk through this uh, kind of quick. Um, let's talk about, Tennessee itself first. Um, do you do you think the team is worse than you thought, or or about what you thought? I think Tennessee is about what we thought. Solid, not spectacular. Okay, uh, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, feel a little bit worse, I guess, but not 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 a lot. So uh, the next opponent is Kentucky, and we'll talk about Kentucky a little bit in in more detail after we go through this, but just um, quickly, uh, Kentucky beat Mississippi state 24 to two. <laughs> like you said, they had six interceptions. That's a lot. That's like the front falling off for, for uh, Mississippi state. Right. Um, 
But here's the thing. After they also beat or they lost to Ole Miss the week before by one point in overtime. And after watching Ole Miss go toe-to-toe with uh, Alabama, that win makes them look better, don't you think? I do. Uh, and their other game is Auburn, which is uh, – Auburn's tough to, to figure out. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky, if you – like when I do the, the – I didn't write it today, but the Sunday stats thing, when I look at all that, um, that's – they're weird in a couple different ways. Uh, they – before the Mississippi State game, they were the best team in the country at third down conversions, and they were 0-2. Uh, they're still 16th at that. They convert half of their third downs. Uh, and I think that they um, – that long scrimmage plays uh, stat – yeah, like Kentucky is eighth nationally in long scrimmage plays. Allowed. They've only given up three plays of 30-plus yards, even though they played Kiffin and Leach back-to-back. So they do a couple things there that makes you feel like this team should be winning a bunch of games. They're really good on third down, and they don't give up big plays. But – I just uh, down to down, especially against Miss, uh, Mississippi State, their offense is bad. And yeah. I go That's back really to it's, we talked about this in podcasts in the summer before the season started. I realize what a lot of Kentucky fans want to say about Wilson and what a lot of what they want to believe about progress. And, and Stoops has done a great job there and will continue to do a great job there. But so much of their offense last year was Bowden. Yeah. And they don't have that. And, and I mean, I just – if Tennessee's defense is present on Saturday, I have a hard time seeing how Kentucky does a lot. They didn't do a lot against us offensively last year. Um, so, uh, I don't – I don't – I'm not feeling that. And the game's in Knoxville where Kentucky hasn't won uh, since 1984. So – Okay, so I, I actually had them at 70% before, but I moved them to 60% this week. So where you got them? Oh, I went the other way. I, I had them at – I think I had them at between 65 and 70%, and I moved it to like 80. Okay. There's a little fan in me that's like, screw these guys, they're not winning in Knoxville. Uh, <laughs> a little? There's a little but, fan in you? But, but uh, there's, so some of those points in that calculation may be that. But I just um, – they, they have problems offensively that I don't think are getting fixed in a week Yeah, against Tennessee's defense. I just, I just don't I, see that. I think that's true. Uh, I just got a little frightened uh, looking at their defense a little bit. Their defense is pretty good. Um, okay. I would so, hope Tennessee's offense is going to say, wow, we're not playing Georgia. This is great. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. Alabama. Um, they beat Lane Kiffin 63 to 40. Did you watch that game? I went to bed. It was, it was, uh, I think Bama was up one score and I was like, this, it's no telling how long this could last. Right. It was like a tennis match. Right. So you, the game was over when somebody broke serve. Right. Right. So yeah, 63, 48, uh, they finally pulled away at the end, but, um, so, uh, I actually, for me, the way that shook out is um, you can score points against uh, Alabama. And I know it's Lane Kiffin. I know he's good. But 48 points, that's a ton of points. And uh, so I'm, I'm pretty suspect of Alabama's defense. So I moved them all the way from 20% to 25%. 
<laughs> so, you know, I don't, I still don't think we're going to win, but uh, I, I saw a little chink in their armor. What, what, what'd you, what'd you think about all that? Yeah, I think so too. Bama and Georgia are the two games where, you know, the last three years, not Georgia in 17, that's after, after Georgia in 17, Bama in 17 and Bama and Georgia in 18 and 19 are the years you look at that, that, uh, win machine and you go is five percent too high you know <laughs> yeah. evenly yeah if we played this team 20 times would we win one uh and it turns out the answer was yes against bama at least uh, last year the way that thing was going i think had th- 13 penalties for 93 yards against bama last year uh which i only know because i looked it up in the first half of the georgia game yesterday because we were headed that direction but uh yeah, so I, I have Bama. I think at twenty percent, it's it's Bama. So yes. you know, let's let's see some things before we believe some things. But um, no. not impossible. But uh, no as, I, as I said, we're we're in the realm of possibility now. So, <laughs> all right, uh, let's move on to uh, Arkansas. Arkansas lost uh, thirty to twenty-eight against Auburn, but they really won that game. Did you see the end of that and what happened? Anybody who's listening, what happened was, uh, um, let's see, Auburn was driving down by one, I guess it would have been, and they went to stop the clock. Um, they were going to spike it, uh, but Bo Nix, um, the, the snap was uh, bobbled, and he uh, picked it up, and he spiked it backwards, which means that it's basically a lateral, and Arkansas recovered. Um, which should have ended the game, basically, with Arkansas up by one. But it wasn't called that way on the field, and apparently the rules for replay would not allow um, that to be overturned. So Auburn kept the ball, kicked the field goal one by two. Um, So we can talk about Arkansas and Auburn, since these are both future opponents. Um, For me – I, you know, Arkansas does not look like the Vandy of the West anymore to me. They look like maybe second tier in the SEC East or maybe even like us, maybe not quite there. I don't know. They're a lot more frightening um, than, than they were um, earlier in the season. So I have them uh, at 60% right now. I, I have it higher than that. Uh, in the 70s somewhere, but I was looking in SP plus Arkansas now is the equivalent of Missouri, which is they're both at the cut line. Like that's an average football team. Missouri is 0.2. Arkansas is a negative 0.7. So those are essentially those are average football teams. Uh, Vanderbilt is a negative 12.7. So yes, not, not the Vanderbilt of the West, not remotely. Again, great fit. Sam Pittman is a great fit there. Great coordinators. Harry Odom is killing it. Yeah, I mean, these guys are good. Uh, Tennessee, the bye week is helpful there. That's, again, if we're solid, Tennessee goes out there and wins that game. Uh, Arkansas has already had uh, their one. Can I do 10 seconds here on, thank God we didn't hire Mike Leach. For (laughs) anyone listening to this podcast who two weeks ago might have you know, had second thoughts about that. Sure. That's why you don't hire that guy. Um, <laughs> so I'm just imagining a Tennessee quarterback throwing six interceptions and losing to Kentucky 24 to two and how that, how that goes over what kind of podcast we're doing after that. <laughs> uh, fit, fit is still important. Uh, so Arkansas has got a great fit. 
and I think those guys are going to be a handful in, in not long at all from now and could possibly elevate. But yeah, that's, that's like Missouri. That's, a, that's an average football team now on the road. Uh, but Tennessee coming off the bye, Tennessee, we hope, is an above average football team. So they, yeah, uh, that's that's business they handle, hopefully. Right. But we're only a year removed from losing to average uh, for several years in a row, too. So I do think we're much better. Uh, I think uh, I think we're going to get that just a little more frightening than they were uh, beginning of the season. So, all right. Uh, A&M, uh, they beat Florida upset. Number four, Florida, 41 to 38, really good game back and forth. Um, really. I think the lesson in this one is that they finally exposed Florida's defense. Florida has no defense, really good offense, but uh, really vulnerable on defense. And I moved them. I moved A&M. Uh, from 50% to 45%. When we talk about opportunity again, A&M's schedule next three games is Leach, Arkansas, South Carolina. So Texas A&M could be five and one. That would be five and one, right? Uh, going yes. into the Tennessee game yep. uh, and ranked quite high. So that's that's a big opportunity if Texas A&M handles the business that they should handle between now and when they come to Knoxville. So uh, I, I think we need more data on the Gators uh, yeah. and we'll get some, they play LSU Saturday. We, we need more data on them because I don't know how to take, uh, I just don't know how to take their defense being this bad. I, I, I it's shocking. To yeah, me. It is. Did, did so, you we need more, we need more data on the Gators. It's very probable. Yeah. More data on the Gator. Uh, we, like we, we just, I just don't know what to do. Someone tweeted out that, and again, I know last year they would have played some FCS teams or whatever, but they've given up a hundred points. And last year it took them eight games to give up a hundred points. We scored three on them. Three, three. These guys are terrible defensively. Yeah. Like, I, I don't, I don't know what, you do if you're a, a Florida fan, because uh, unlike Tennessee in this particular way, when we talk about what's trustworthy, if I'm a Florida fan, I'm worried every week. You know, what if you fumble? What, you know, what, Trask could be great. He just was. Pitts could be great. And you can fumble, which is exactly what just happened. And you can lose a bunch of games that way. Yeah. So it's, it's shocking to me to see them be that bad defensively. I, I will caution though. Um, I, I, I was pretty high on A&M uh, prior, you know, to the season. I think they're a good team. I know they've had some pandemic issues. Um, they beat Vanderbilt. They just barely squeaked it out, but that's first game. Um, they lost to Alabama. No, no shame in that. And then they just beat Florida and Florida. Yes. Their defenses look bad, but they've played A&M who might be really good. And Ole Miss, who we know can score points. So they also played South Carolina and gave up 24 points to them. So who knows what to make of that. Um, but maybe it's not quite as bad as we think. I hope that it is because they just, they just look terrible. But anyway, just a little caution there. Okay, so uh, Auburn, we talked about they stole a game from Arkansas. Um, I think I – have them at 45 percent basically a toss-up you think 
that's that's what I, I think I put A&M and Auburn both at 50%, which is to say the expectation is you win one of them at least. Yeah. Uh, and in doing so, again, if A&M rolls in here at five and one, they're going to be a borderline top 10 team. And so that stat that all of a sudden, I don't know where that Tennessee's 0-33 and against top 10 teams since 2006. That stat's been true for 14 years. But like just now, all of a sudden, people are like, oh, no, we've got to beat a top 10. Like <laughs> that's been true. That was true in 2012 for Derek Dooley. It was true for Butch Jones. Like it's like we invented that stat all of a sudden to make ourselves feel bad. Uh, but Texas A&M going to have a sh- if they take care of their business, going to have a shot to be a top ten team when they come to Knoxville. So that that may be after Alabama, uh, that big opportunity for Tennessee there. Yeah, I, I have them both A&M and Auburn at about fifty percent. All right, uh, Vanderbilt uh, lost to A&M, lost to LSU, lost to South Carolina. Not much to talk about there. I got them in 90%, right? I think that's even high. I think I have them at 85%. So good for you for, yeah, Tennessee would be in SP plus Tennessee is like a three touchdown favorite on them. Yeah, that's, that's, that should be a win. All right, cool. And then we talked a little bit about Florida, but they are two and one with the loss to A&M. And I have um, put them at 20%. So they are my toughest out right now, just above Alabama at uh, 25%. What about you? I have that reversed. I I think, I think I have Florida at 25% and Bama at 20%. 25% is the, that's the historical winning percentage for Tennessee against those guys. It usually doesn't happen once every four years. It happens in short bursts and then they win for a a long stretch. Uh, But since divisional play, Tennessee wins about one out of four against Florida. So that's that's just kind of where that hangs out in my brain is is 25% right now. All right. So mine shakes out at uh, 5.45. Do you have a final number on yours? Yeah, my Kentucky lean is going to make up a big difference there uh, on yours. Mine was at 5.8, okay. which again, point a good point two of that is the Kentucky game this week. So um, – yeah, so I, I still think six wins is the most likely outcome, and you're right there between five and six. Right, and, and the thing that's cool about it is if we gave ourselves maybe a 25% chance against uh, Georgia, we lost that .25 last week, but we only have Kentucky at .75, so if we win that game, we're right back where we were. So – all right. Um, let's see. Let's talk about um, – is there anything else that you want to say about Georgia or any of the uh, win total stuff before we talk a little bit more about Kentucky? No, I would just reiterate a point we made earlier, which it kind of makes itself when you watch these teams, that, that Tennessee – you just play almost everybody this year other than LSU and the two Mississippis. So one team looking a certain way – like Texas A&M and Florida, that game makes you feel all kinds of things. But we play both those teams, so it, it you know you your maybe your Florida number goes down, but your A&M number comes up. So I, I expect fewer. <laughs> Again, last year we started with the wild swing of losing to Georgia State and BYU, and and saying my win total is two point seven or whatever. <laughs> well, so so I expect a little more stability in that thing. Um, this year and that 5.4 where you're at now that's where I was at at the start of the season so uh I I uh, I I liked us a lot 
Tennessee beat Missouri by more. I thought they were going to beat Missouri by, and I like Kentucky a lot less, and I like Auburn a lot less um, than when the season started. So that's that's basically how that shakes out for me. All right. Uh, by the way, if anybody's listening and doesn't know what we're talking about, we have an expected <laughs> win total machine. Kind of assume that for the last half hour. Uh, but you can go to game day on Rocky Top and uh, just uh, type in. Actually, right at the top, uh, there should be a link for expected win total machine. Click on that and you can uh, assign your values and it will spit out uh, your results per game and also uh, a season expected win total average so do that uh we will throw your uh ballot or whatever that thing is your submission into the community and uh we'll crunch all the numbers and uh, we've been keeping track of it um throughout the season so we'll try to post it again on uh friday all right uh kentucky um well why do you hate kentucky what do you got against kentucky basketball uh <laughs> That's pretty much it, though. That has changed so much um, now. Now that we beat Calipari on a regular basis, yeah. Uh, which is we could I could do. Don't let me do like forty minutes on this, but I could do it. Of like, all right, I'll start. Hey, all of a sudden we've beaten this guy like at least once every year for five years. That's new and exciting in my life, and I'm I'm really happy about it. Um, two wins at Rip Arena uh, in, in the last three years, which is crazy talk. Uh, so now Calipari is like a little endearing to me. Like I would be sad if he retired genuinely because I, I just, I just enjoy having him in my life so very much to be against. Um, but basketball is the only reason. I mean, these guys have two wins against Tennessee since 1984. Uh, one of them, was lit the fuse on getting Derek Dooley fired. So it was, it was very impactful in the narrative of Tennessee. I think that, that game we wrote about this some in the summer, that 2011 Kentucky game is, is maybe the third most impactful outcome of a Tennessee game for the whole decade. Uh, it, you know, that, that so that I, I don't want to take anything away from Kentucky fans for that game that, that seriously impacted Tennessee's program. Um, and all that. Uh, the other one uh, was that that's the most happy Tennessee fans have ever been to lose because that game in 17, I mean, it is right. I just remember having that conversation with having that exact conversation with people at church the next morning of, cause that game is so weird. There's so much weirdness in 2017 that no one will ever remember because it was then instantly topped by the weirdness of the coaching search. Yeah. But in that game in 2017, Tennessee was plus four in the turnovers and lost because we kicked six field goals. <laughs> like, like it just makes my brain hurt in, in all kinds of ways. Um, but that, so that outcome, I know Kentucky fans enjoyed it, but as far as like in this rivalry, it's a meaningless outcome to Tennessee fans because most fans I know were happy that we lost it in some sense. Yeah. So it's really only that one game nine years ago uh, that that stands out, and it should, uh, it should. But that was also nine years ago. So uh, there, in this rivalry, it's only basketball. But basketball, as we know, with Pearl and with Calipari, when that rivalry is cooking, it's real good. Yeah. Uh, and so there's just a lot of there's a lot of that that trickles over. Um, 
into this. Again, I think Stoops is terrific. I think he has done a sensational job at Kentucky, raising their expectations, uh, making them solid on defense regularly, all that stuff. I just think they're bad offensively. I think they got good coaches, but they don't have the players to, to do the things that they need to do to beat Auburn or Tennessee, hopefully. Um, and that, that was really true last year. Again, it, as good as Lynn Bowden was last year, um, you know, that, that was a rock fight uh, in that game. And now he's gone. And, and that just – they have not produced that answer yet. Yeah, that, it, that's odd to me because uh, it wasn't just Bowden. I mean, Bowden was a huge percentage of it. But they also got Smoke, and he's back. Um, and – I think two others. I can't remember their names. They're all over the magazine, but uh, they they have potential on offense, and their defense is top twenty-five. Um, so, you know, we can't take them lightly. Um, spoiler alert: the uh, Statsy preview machine uh, does uh, have Tennessee by seven point nine which sounds about right because I think the opening line is six and a half Tennessee. Um, so, you know, we're, we're going to be favored. We're going to be favored by a score or maybe a little bit more. Um, but, you know, we got to take care of business. Uh, so I don't know. Are, are you feeling that, that line or are you feeling more? You got how much of that fan is, is governing your uh, score prediction? Well, it's SP plus again is less SP plus is more like four. Okay. So that helps me come down a little bit. It's it just the thing that's governing it more than anything is that Mississippi state game. I mean, they, they had like 150 yards of offense against leach. Well, did they, and, cause I didn't actually watch that whole game, but if, if you're getting interceptions and you starting on the 20 yard line, you can score, you know, with 20 yards. Right, they they had one pick six and they had another one that they ran back uh, to the one yard line where the guy got uh, got knocked out of bounds. But I mean, still like they oh, averaged. Oh. They, this is a real stat. They averaged two point nine six yards per play against Mississippi State. <laughs> Eighty four on the ground, seventy three through the air. The only fifty three plays, like you said, fewer opportunities, but one hundred and fifty seven yards of offense. Um, now their offense, I mean, their running game was cooking against Ole Miss, but uh, that's, that's Ole Miss, yeah, Ole Miss can't stop defense next year, you know? Um, so I, I just, uh, I, Tennessee's coaching staff, um, I trust Tennessee's defensive coaches. If, if th this is a big week for, how do you handle this kind of disappointment? I know they dealt with lots of disappointment of a different kind last year, but learning how to handle the, we're a top 15 team playing a top five team. What's going to happen? Oh no, we lost by 23. How do you handle that? Um, so if Tennessee's ready and they handle that well, then I, I just, I don't see Kentucky scoring much against Tennessee. And if Garantano is, in in a good place and again this is this will be his 36th appearance for tennessee like we're we're we've got plenty of data on that guy but if he's solid then i think tennessee's gonna be fine i, I think this is a game tennessee wins by two possessions uh maybe three late 
because I just don't see – you get ahead of Kentucky especially and make them put it in the air. I, I just don't see it uh, unless, unless we get weirdness. I just don't see it. By the way, I saw that you uh, finished second in the, uh, the pick'em this week. So congratulations to you. Yeah, uh, I had Kentucky because I don't. I had Arkansas over Lee. I've gotten Leach right two weeks in a row, uh, so I didn't get him right against LSU, but I got him. I got him losing uh, the last two as well, uh, and I got Missouri uh, over LSU uh, just because that was the outcome that was best for Tennessee. And I don't trust. <laughs> how can you trust anything about this LSU team? Not like you just don't know these guys. Yeah. You know, like I don't know who these dudes are that are playing for them. Uh, so I got, I got Mizzou and I got, uh, I got A&M. It was a good week for Tennessee other than what happened in our own game, you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, um, I did not watch any of the, uh, post-game interviews or anything. Um, so I'm just going to ask you for a recap, but I, I will say I did, I did see the one thing where, uh, Pruitt said that he had, he did not consider making a quarterback change because he was like, you know, I mean, it was, it was all about protection. I think he's right about that. You know, which, by the way, when you go on Twitter, all, all these guys that have – all these media guys that have Twitter accounts, you know, you probably don't need to actually tweet out every, every uh, quote because, you know, the guys that are following – I didn't need to see that 25 times is all I'm saying. It's like everybody says, oh, by the way, Pruitt, did you hear? Pruitt said he didn't make a quarterback. He didn't consider making a quarterback change. I saw that 25 times. Anyway, um, so did anybody say anything uh, else that was uh, interesting in the, uh, the post game? Any of the players or Pruitt? Or what, did they all just basically say the same thing? It's one game. You know, we played terrible. I'm going to get back to work and fix it. No, for the players, what I heard was we really thought we were going to win that game at halftime. So that is a different sensation. Yeah. Um, losing by 23 when you are ahead at half, and you just made that goal line stand. Um, so I think they're dealing with that sensation, which is new and and more disappointing. Pruitt, uh, and I kind of like that he kept saying this. It's 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 a more passionate version and a more personal version of what we've said, which is you can't turn it over three times in the second half against that team. You can't turn it over three times in the second half in your own territory against that team and expecting it to happen. And Pruitt talks about that a lot. Uh, that That's why Tennessee lost by 23. But Tennessee lost because we could not sustain any offense against those guys. And that wasn't talked about much. Pruitt is a thousand times smarter than me when it comes to football. So I'm, I'm sure he knows that, but what he was communicating was we can't turn it over three times uh, and, and expect a different outcome. He had a comment in there that was interesting about there were some guys that didn't do a good job and that's okay. We'll get those guys replaced. Mm. And I don't, I don't want to, you know, do heavy exegesis on him here, you know, too much, but I'm curious if there are freshmen that we would have seen more of already in a non COVID world. Uh, and if so, where, like not wide receiver to me, we've talked about Palmer, Brandon Johnson is also playing really well, I think. Uh, yeah. So you, you got two guys that are doing well. They try to get Valus Jones going. 
Uh, Jalen Hyatt was out there more this time. Cedric Tillman got – he was in the game a he lot. He got several targets, but it just didn't come down with anything. Right, which is not unusual in this particular game. So, I don't know on offense where that is. On defense, I'm curious about that. Yeah, Roman Harrison made a big play. He's a sophomore, but he, he made a big play. Tyler Barron played a lot because of the targeting thing with DeAndre Johnson. Uh, Morvin Joseph was in there. Like, I'm just curious, is it in the secondary? Uh, we made a big deal about Sean Schamberger being back, but then that he was involved on the bust uh, on, on the defensive play that hurt us the most. So I just kind of file that away. Yeah, that's Kentucky it. is the sort of offense, as we were just talking about, where if you've got some freshmen you want to play in the secondary, this is a good week for that. Because you better figure out if they can play before next week. <laughs> yeah. So um, I would be curious to see, uh, and I'm, I'm just throwing out names of highly rated kids, Keyshawn Lawrence, um, somebody like that. Are they going to get in there? Are we going to get more Danico Slaughter uh, again? Uh, didn't have that. He didn't really have a bad game, did he? Schamberger? I just I just don't know. Like, that comment was – it stood out to me. Yeah. Um, it's weird. So, I, I don't know. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, he's and, – and maybe that's the best thing to tell the team right now is, look, don't turn it over three times in your own territory and we've got a chance to win, which, which again, is technically true. We just – Tennessee could not sustain any offense against those guys. And unless you're planning on winning that thing – you know, 21 to 20, which maybe they were, maybe they felt like they got all, maybe they felt like 21 was as much as they were ever going to get against those guys. And they hit their big plays and they got the defensive touchdown. But anyway, all, all that, none of that should be problems we have again, because whether Georgia is the best defense in the country or not, they are definitely the best defense on our schedule. So um, anyway, that's, uh, that was interesting to me. Yeah. So um we're, we're running out of time, but um, all of that reminded me of something else that I was going to say earlier and things that I was a little disappointed in and that it seemed like, you know, we were having problems trying to figure them out. And then we figured something out and we started blitzing from the slot. Um, you can go straight to the quarterback. It's a short uh, journey from the slot. Um, you don't have to contend with the defensive lineman because he's or with the uh, with the tackle because he's contending with the defensive lineman and that rattled um, Stetson Bennett, the fourth, sorry, <laughs> got to add that. Uh, so we did it several times and uh, we were having really uh, some great success with it. And then I, I never saw it again. I don't know whether that's because, you know, there's obviously a counter to that, that once you do it too many times, you're going to leave yourself open somewhere else, but I don't know. Um, I was just thinking we were going to see more of that. Um, before we get out of here, is there anything that you want to do freestyle? Anything you want to add before we close up shop? No, I just think Tennessee, Tennessee needs Saturday to get here and, and get some of that taste out of their mouth. Yeah. Um, and, and a solid performance against Kentucky will allow us to have the reverse conversation of everything we just talked about the week before the Georgia game leading into the Alabama game, which is, Instead of how do you score any points on these guys, it's how do you stop these guys. Yeah. But I'm encouraged, you know, Brian Maurer moved the ball in Alabama last year. Uh, there's a whole later, as in next year, there's a whole conversation maybe to say, uh, do, do we need somebody that we can get out of the pocket a little more in this league 
today. Uh, Garantano, God bless him, he stands in there and he stands tall and he makes some great throws downfield and he pays the price, man, over and over. And I don't know if that's something that's going to change this year or not. You know, that, that another thought I had, you just triggered another one. And this is just crazy talk, okay? But with a defense that is as good as Georgia's, where their guys are in your pocket before you can do anything about it, why don't you just move the pocket every time? Just change the whole game. You know, just, I mean, just snap it out to the flat. I don't care. <laughs> you know, do, do something, right? Just confuse them because they're, they're, they're just beating you to the, to the spot. You know, anyway. Maybe, maybe again, the uh, – I don't want to call it fool's gold because it worked twice, but when you hit those two passes to Palmer, I think it gives you confidence that you can continue to do it, and that, that just wasn't the case. Yeah. Um, so, those were close, too. I mean, that second one where he just barely got his left foot in, that was, that was amazing. That dude's going to make some money, no yeah. doubt, and, and well-deserved after being behind and having me and everybody else say, ah, is he a number one receiver? I don't know. Like, yes, definitely, definitely. That dude is – uh, he's, he's become, I think, one of the most valuable players on this team. Uh, so that's, that's good on him. Good for him for, that's a Butch Jones guy. Uh, there's, there's a few of those still around that are, that are doing a really good job uh, for Tennessee this year. Right. He's the guy who rode the bus down in Florida for like four hours a day and caught tennis balls on the treadmill. I remember reading those old stories. So I, I like him. He's a Canadian dude, right? It's been too long. I cannot remember. I think he is, yeah. All right, so uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Game Day at Rocky Top podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. Do us a favor, subscribe, give us a rating, leave a review. Bonus points if you include the secret phrase, they're better than us. Uh, (laughs) And Kentucky's not. That's that's not a secret. (laughs) That's a secret. All right, so for uh, Will Shelton, I'm Joel Hollingsworth, and this has been the Game Day at Rocky Top podcast. You got the flowers back there. Is that, we got goldenrod right in the house just trying to. That was not real. These are, um, I don't know if Alex uses these for cake decorating. Put them on the table next to the table we're out selling stuff, which hasn't happened recently. Um, I think they've always been back there. I've been using this as my work from home spot for seven months. And I'm like, yeah. are these always back there? Have you had a COVID test yet? No. Uh, Alex had to have one when we had the baby, but uh, I have not had to do anything to have it. You know, here, we were so far behind everybody else's outbreak until Virginia Tech came back to school. So uh, we're just now – the peak in Montgomery County where Tech is was pretty high. Here, we were never – and that Harvard map, which we had to look at about whether we we're going to have church or not uh, every week for a while. We were always in the orange. We never got to the red. So we're never in a super outbreak. But it's just now coming down here. But you couldn't get a test here because there was no, like, people weren't feeling the urgency. Is a more rural area, that sort of thing. So I have not had the pleasure. Did you have to have one before you went in the hospital? No, oh, not for that. Um, but I have, uh, I have an endoscopy scheduled. Uh, I have one every three years for something. And uh, so I got one scheduled for the 20th. And to do that, I had to have a COVID test. And you don't want to do that. (laughs) That's what I hear. Yeah, it's, you know, 
that that's incentive enough to wear your mask for the rest of your life because you never <laughs> you never want to do that again i think the you know the the old uh like action uh pow um all those movies where they're torture and you know they're talking about uh, bamboo shoots through the fingernails right all the all the, all the books and movies post 2020 they're going to completely forego the bamboo and just go right to the stick and finger.